that uh, you know meditative practices are a good addition to a Masonic lodge and could be very beneficial uh, or more. Um, what would be the right word? Because uh, we already have contemplative practices in a sense. We have, you know, uh, the opening and the closing and um, you know, the prayers, moments of silence. Those could all be considered contemplative practices, but uh, they're not set aside as such. They're just part of what is done. So it's very easy to kind of go on autopilot to actually set aside a time and dedicate it to contemplation and to meditation. You know, the last 10 minutes of a lodge and have uh, a brother, whether it be the worshipful master or just a distinguished brother um, or a brother who simply, you know, is trained in meditative practices, you know, encourage brethren to take some time to meditate and to contemplate on their day and their Masonic journey uh, can only be of benefit to, to the Lodge. So with that, uh, welcome to the show, brother Randy Sanders. I uh, had the chance to, you know, recording this on the 11th to see you on the 10th. Uh, with your excellent presentation, Lodge Anatomy for Masons, which was organized by North Carolina Sonic Research Society. So welcome to the uh, podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, brother. Much appreciated. Thank you for having me. And uh, I was very careful to say brother, Randy Sanders, because as you pointed out yesterday, you managed to so far avoid getting the, uh, the W on there. So well done on that. Thank you very much. I have, uh, I, I uh, was installed as a sovereign master of my allied Masonic degrees uh, council. So, so I'm not, um, I can't say I've completely avoided the East right now, but uh, uh, so far it's, it's been a, a pretty interesting journey. And, and uh, within the Blue Lodge, I, I have not been, a, I am not a past master. Right. So. Um, well, speaking of uh your Masonic journey, uh, you know, as, as we talked about and as I started uh, this podcast with, the area that I wanted to discuss with you uh, on your Masonic journey is, um, you know, Masonic contemplation and particularly uh, meditative practices. Uh, got it up here, right? You, you talked about the Masonic Legacy Society, um, your work with kind of reflective Freemasonry. Uh, I'll put a link in the comments, but start off by talking a bit about what the Masonic Legacy Society is, what you view Masonic contemplation as, and Masonic you know, meditation, perhaps. Okay. Okay, great. Thanks. The Masonic Legacy Society is a phenomenal organization that's rooted in the concept of mindfulness and Masonic contemplative practice and bringing that experience into the lodge. Now, I'm not going to sit here and tell you, oh, this is how lodge should be. Maybe that's not right for every lodge, but I think most lodges will really benefit if they take a minute and do some, some quiet reflection, self-reflection, and a little bit of well, maybe meditation as the lodge is starting, as the lodge is going, 
Um, in some instances, there's uh, opportunity, especially during educational type events, for a facilitator to do a guided meditation, which sounds all, oh, sounds scary, but it, it's, it's actually just a way of, of relaxing, kind of getting in touch with your, your inner self and just, just focusing and allowing your mind to quiet and focus on something in a Masonic direction, the Masonic Legacy Society with their focus is that we pick something from the entered apprentice degree and use that object or that experience as the focus of the meditation. So it's open to all Masons. We don't sit here and say, oh, this is a piece from the, from the 26th degree of the, of the Scottish Rite, or, or this is something from uh, cryptic council on, on the, on the uh, York Rite side. We, we, we keep it simple because it's open and accessible to all Masons, and it should be. That's where I'm going to say it should be. Open and accessible means I can take any of the working tools, any of the entered apprentice working tools, any of the parts of ritual from the entered apprentice, and sit there and say, let's think about that for a minute. Let's quiet our minds. Let's take a moment to get very still, very quiet, kind of sink into our chairs a little bit, and then think about what that means to you and how that applies to your life. We are, we're great. Masons are great at giving people the working tools to make good men better. We do a terrible job of actually explaining how to use those working tools in many cases, in many lodges. And Masonic Legacy Society is one way, one set of tools or one set of directions on how to use those tools. Is it the only way? No. But it's a pretty cool way of doing that, bringing that contemplative practice maybe into the lodge so that you can take it outside of the lodge and continue to practice it on your own. So we talked about Masonic Legacy Society, Masonic Legacy Society 2026.com. Yeah, 2026.com. Masonic Legacy Society 2026.com. That's very long. Your fingers will, will, will hate me for having to uh, uh, type all of that out the first time. Just save it. Save it in your browser. Um, and it, it's worth taking a look at. Along with Masonic Legacy Society, uh, I am the clerk or the secretary of the Academy of Reflection. That is a uh, sub-organization of the ancient and accepted Scottish Rite, Southern Jurisdiction in... Uh, uh, based out of the Valley of Guthrie, the mother lodge there, the mother group, the mother academy. And what the academy does is gives a structured set of courses to be done on your own, but with the guidance or the, the uh, uh, you know, work with a reviewer. So we've got instructors that are there to help you as you go through these courses you know, most of the meditations and most of the mindfulness work is very personal, very, very singular. You got to do it yourself, but you can do it in groups with the guided meditations. The academy shows you how different pieces fit into that in a very structured environment. Um, there's uh, a lot of focus on if you do this class, then it will help you in your meditations in some way, shape or form. 
And I agree with that. I'm not that far along in the coursework myself, but what I've done so far has just been amazing. That is through the uh, Scottish Rite, though. Um, Masonic Legacy Society opened all Masons, Academy of Reflection opened all Scottish Rite Masons. Um, and then, then there's just basic mindfulness or basic meditations. You can go on YouTube and find all kinds of guided meditations that are open to the public. I highly recommend, highly, highly recommend Brother Chuck Dunning's book. Uh, Brother Chuck is the superintendent of the Academy of Reflection, the founder, actually, uh, one of the founders. It's his, it's his uh, work. And the contemplative masonry is a, a not, not a huge book, but it's a phenomenal book. And it's a guided step-by-step -step process of, of how to start and do your own thing within the contemplative practice. You, you, it's a stepwise uh, book that goes all the way through it. ChuckDunning.com, um, that's his personal website. There are uh, guided meditations that he has recorded and put on there. They're phenomenal. Uh, do not do them while you're driving. Um, there, there's there's uh, uh, lots of reasons not to, but you don't want to uh, get too focused on the meditation while you're driving, right? And, and the disclaimers there on the, the site as well. Uh, Chuck's work is phenomenal. Um, Brother Chuck, uh, Brother uh, Robert Johnson, RJ, uh, Brother Mike Jarzebeck, uh, Brother Baruti, they, uh, and, and many more, uh, Akram, Brother Akram, have all come together with the Masonic Legacy Society to bring that mindfulness, the meditation into the lodge. Uh, Brother Chuck has written the book here on uh, individual practice. He's got another book coming out eventually uh, uh, on, uh, as of this date, I actually don't know what the published date is, on the contemplative lodge, how to bring that singular practice into the lodge and start programs that will benefit the lodge with more contemplative practice. Now you asked about, th those are the organizations that I'm very directly involved with at the moment that are doing the contemplative studies and the contemplative practice in, in Freemasonry. And you asked about uh, my personal journey and my personal work in this. I, I belong to two Blue Lodges. I'm a Lodge Education Officer for actually both of them right now. And I do bring sometimes the contemplative pra practice into the Lodge. My Lodges are not resistive. They've actually been very open about it. But it's not their direction. Every Lodge is different, right? You go to one Lodge and, and it's kind of this way and you go to another Lodge and it's still kind of this way. We're all brothers. We just do things differently. And the lodges have different flavors. And, and some of them are just perfect for you. And then some of them don't, but that works very well for those brothers. And if I go to a lodge and they have a contemplative uh, direction that they want to go, I'm happy to work with them and, and uh, do what they're doing and, and see if I can help if there is anything I can do. And that's the, just the, the helpfulness attitude that I bring towards the, uh, the contemplative practices. I want to help. If somebody wants me to come in and talk, I'll talk. You know, that's, that's what uh, I can do. I can show them how to, to start to work towards that and point them towards other resources 
because you know you, you don't want to just follow one person saying hey do it this way when you've got six ten other true masonic experts in the field that you can lean on and say hey this is this is really cool i want to do this you guys do it all three different ways maybe a combination of these two is best for me and that combination that way of of looking at contemplative practice or or bringing meditation into a lodge is is uh, the better way to do it not just following hey randy said do it this way so i'm going to do it that way well, randy may not be right with that but brother chuck might be brother rj might be brother baruti might be uh brother robert Sachs out of uh, uh california is a phenomenal phenomenal teacher in mindfulness and meditation uh, as is brother chuck uh, they're both uh instructors, full instructors with the Academy of Reflection, um, you know, and, and published authors in their own right. So all of that to say, the way that I approach this is to be helpful. The way that I approach it within my lodge is to give little bits at a time. Maybe I give a piece of candy. Oh, that's kind of sweet. Maybe I give two pieces of candy out and and, and uh, uh, introduce people to the candy or the, the, the meditation and let them go, oh, that's pretty cool. That's awesome. You give them three pieces of candy, that's diabetes. Their blood sugar goes up. That's not good. So you don't go too far too deep too quickly. Two minutes of meditation, two minutes of silence within the lodge. What I like to do is use that two minutes if the master gives it give that use that two minutes to just sit there and quietly look around the lodge and think about my week or, or two weeks that I've had in between lodge and think about how you know the lodge gives me peace and gives me inner silence and and then actually during the opening ritual if I'm not one of the officers um, I'll sit on the side of the lodge and watch the footwork, watch and listen to the dialogue back and forth. And then I'll work with my own meditation and I'll kind of start trying to relax and hit that next level of consciousness of just relaxing and sinking and let that just absorb into me. And that's just a really cool way of, of looking at and experiencing the opening and closing of a lodge in a different way. And especially when we do initiations, right? When we do uh, an entered apprentice degree or a fellow craft degree, especially if I can, if I can sit on the sideline and just meditate and quiet my mind and, and, and be mindful of exactly what, you know, be present, be mindful of exactly what that stair lecture is talking to and through. I pick up something new every single time I hear it. Part of that's from the meditation. Part of it's because I wasn't that great of a student to start off with, and I should have studied a little harder, but you know, it, it all kind of works out uh, as, as we go. Then the last piece is probably more um, poignant to me and how we reflect and how we get, go from point A to point B. We introduce a little bit. We, we introduce some very quiet time we introduce the concepts and let people experience them on their own. Um, 
you know, we lead the horses to water, but we can't make them drink, but we can lead the horses to water and tell them, you know what, you're thirsty. I'm going to leave you here and let you uh, figure out where the water is because it's right here in front of you. And as the horses drink, as the, as the masons start to experience the mindfulness, the meditation, they're going to see the benefits. It, it's obvious. You do a few meditations, that calmness connects with your daily life. You do a lot of meditations, that calmness permeates your life. And that is a game changer for a lot of people. In the presentation that I gave last night, I discuss just the basics of looking at an idea from different perspectives. And if we package an idea, right? If we say, I'm going to build a bridge. I like to use that uh, uh, metaphor or analogy because building bridges is also something Masons do. And I say, okay, here's the idea. I'm going to build a bridge. Okay, great. Well, that's a great idea. If I'm looking at it from a wisdom point of view, then I go out, you know, the pillar of wisdom tells me that, yeah, crossing that stream would be a whole lot easier if we had a bridge over it. The pillar of strength, which is in the West, is sitting there telling me, hmm, you know, I've got uh, the supplies and I got the manpower, we can call a few friends and I've got the nails, the concrete, we can build this bridge, we, we've got the materials. And, and the pillar of beauty, which is also the pillar of balance is sitting there in the middle going, okay, good idea. I'm looking at this idea, it's a good idea. I'm looking at all the materials in there. Yep, I've got all the materials and stuff, but guess what, I've got this, this, and this happening this week. I've got three lodge meetings this week. We're not going to build this bridge this week. But I can set a trestle board out and I can say, hey, if we can invite a couple of people over to help frame up and help put the concrete in, then we can get this done. And, and from that perspective, I can get the different ideas to look at that packaged concept, the different areas to look at that packaged concept and from wisdom, strength, and beauty, wisdom, strength, and balance, I can sit there and go, yep, building a bridge is great. I can do it in a couple of weeks. This is how we do it. And uh, then not only have I just said, hey, I think going and building a bridge is a good idea. Now I've contemplated. Now I've thought about that. I've put mindfulness towards that concept. And I've been able to take that and, and package it in such a way that now I've considered it from various options and I know that that is the right thing for me to do and how I can do it. Contemplative practice, let's put it towards ritual. We think about one piece of ritual. What does the master say about that ritual? What does the senior warden say? Or what does the junior warden say about that ritual? Now, if we think about that and just quietly contemplate what was just said, and package that, and, and what does that mean from that perspective? What does that mean from that perspective? Now we gain more perspective into our own Freemasonry. This is how we bring the older generation into the contemplative practice, because they may never have thought about it in that manner. So, so there's bridges. Again, we build bridges. 
there's bridges that we can do or create between the various uh, areas of Freemasonry, right? The, the folks that are into it deeply for charity, love those guys. They're phenomenal. That's not my focus, but I support them 100%. I love the fact that we do as much charity as we do for the, for the communities that we live in and nationally. And I would like them to think about that charity. Well, Randy, they think about that charity all the time. Well, no, 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 I, I want them to think about that charity in that same way, package that charity up and think about it from a Masonic point of view. What does the master think about that charity? What does wisdom bring in for that charity? What does strength bring in to that charity? What does balance mean to that charity? And the coolest thing of all, of course, is we're talking about from the lodge room perspective, the altar sitting there right in the middle. How does that charity, how does that fit? What you're doing, how does that fit? with your relationship with deity. So those are the three areas that I look at from my perspective. What are, what are we doing? You know, why are we doing it? How do we do it? And uh, hopefully that, uh, um, well, I, I, honestly, I hope that makes you ask more questions about, you know, what your role is and, and what, Freemasonry's role is in the world, as well as in the lodge, as well as in yourself. And those are the three areas that we should always focus on. What am I doing? What does it mean to the lodge when I'm doing it? What does that mean to the outside world when I'm doing it? And what are the, um, I, I always view issues like this or programs like this kind of through a, an opportunity cost lens. Uh, you know, uh, my last interview was with, uh, I'll put a link to it, was with the local Alzheimer's Society for Windsor-Essex. And we talked about being that, you know, our membership demographic right now does skew older. So hopefully that changes. Um, you know, how do, you know, the age groups more at risk for things like dementia, Alzheimer's, you know, obviously we talked about um, what to look for and, and risk factors uh, if you're concerned about a brother and, or his family and also resources. But we also talked about, you know, how to perhaps mitigate some of the potential dangers or, or effects of Alzheimer's or dementia. And physical activity was discussed and mindfulness and meditation was discussed. And if ever there was, you know, a time to where you have some brethren who may be older, who may be at risk, or maybe in the early stages of those diseases, to set aside time in a lodge for, you know, some type of, you know, non-impactful physical activity like yoga, which you can do in a student high easy enough, or, um, you know, a meditative mindfulness practice or breathing exercises. All of that seems like a, an opportunity that's presenting itself that is perhaps not being taken advantage of you know this you know the expression leaving money on the table I always think you know of leaving opportunity on the table and we seem in masonry to leave a lot of opportunity on the table that we could otherwise take advantage of perhaps because we're afraid the older guys won't be interested or it'll seem to to uh, you know too different to what they're used to but 
there's certainly nothing in any Masonic ritual I've seen that precludes uh, five or 10 minutes at the end of a meeting for breathing exercises or meditation or reflective practices. Uh, it just seems an opportunity. This is one of my pet peeves with Freemasonry. It seems like opportunities often present themselves but are not taken advantage of um, in any particular way. I totally agree with you. And I, I applaud you for having your guest on with the uh, Alzheimer's. That's awesome. And, and as our membership ages and, and, and as I age, I appreciate that because that it gives me another tool in my toolbox, hopefully gives me another tool in my toolbox to, to combat the effects of uh, mental degradation as I grow older. Um, one of the things that we will find, no matter what, is that not only the older, but some of the younger uh, population of, of Freemasonry is resistive to this as it's a change from what they've experienced before. They come into the lodge, they come into it for the fellowship, they come into it for the brotherhood, the fraternity, in some cases, the charity, and, and that's their focus. And when we start talking about meditation and start talking about mindfulness, that there's, there's always that little bit of, oh, wait a minute. I don't remember seeing any of that. One of the ways that we can get around that to help transition into a more mindful uh, condition is to review the initiatic charges, review the stair lecture, review the various pieces that the, the, they, the brothers as candidates went through into the various degrees. Because when you do that, you're going to see the words contemplate, remember, consider. Um, a lot of these reflect, you're going to see these words pop out at you now. And this is going to help some of the older folks kind of get, okay, I, I guess I did say that, didn't I? Or I guess I did hear that, or I have been hearing that on every, uh, uh, every degree that we've put on. I just never thought about it that way. Give them a chance to get there. Give them a chance to understand that word and get to that same point. You know, don't, don't hurry this. Now, as it applies directly to the folks that you know, are older and will start to begin um, losing mental faculty over time, we've already talked about that. We've already discussed that in the reading of scripture during the third degree without giving anything away, when we are talking about certain parts of the Old Testament or certain parts of other holy books, you know, it's not just the New Testament or the, sorry, the Old Testament that is uh, being referenced here. In some other countries, they still talk about the same things with different um, volumes of sacred law. It is universal. We talk about death. We talk about what happens as we're heading that direction and how to live the best life and how to make the most of our lives now. And that comes into the, the meditation or the, the 
mindfulness exercises. And just like, I explain it just like doing a crossword puzzle. There's a game, there's, a, there's an exercise, there's a, a leap that needs to be made within the mind to get to that next level, to get to that next thought or that next point. And continually exercising that is, is a means, is exactly the means to uh, help keep the, um, well, they're, they're actually called amyloid proteins from binding in the brain to stop those nerve synapses from firing. Um, disclaimer, I have a degree in biochemistry. So, so the, the concept behind keeping the, the brain nimble and staving off the effects of Alzheimer's or dementia or, or Parkinson's or whatever uh, becomes a, uh, a challenge. That challenge continues and we as Masons can, I, I love what you're, where you're going with this, we as Masons can and should address that if possible in our lodges. Um, let me tack on a couple other things. I, I totally agree with what you're saying with yoga, although for me to walk up to a 50-year uh, pin Mason and say, we're going to do yoga, probably not going to happen, right? Uh, but we can do the mindfulness exercises and such. My background's in martial arts. I am very familiar with yoga. Um, oddly enough, the old yoga, very, very, very old yoga, is where the martial arts most of the martial arts that we know of today, where they uh, came from. Um, it's another story for another time, but yoga traveled from uh, India into China and by way of uh, the priests through the Shaolin, which was pretty much the wellspring of the martial arts, um, and, and even, uh, even influenced uh, Shui Chao, which is the, the old Mongolian wrestling which predates even Kung Fu. Um, but taking that to the next step, there are gentle internal martial arts like Tai Chi or Bagua, Xing Yi, uh, Lu Habu Fa. I probably pronounced that terribly, but those are the, the main four that, that I'm gonna say of the internal arts. And, and they're like a little dance. They do this dance, but a very deadly dance, but a, a dance nonetheless, the, the, the same concepts behind that slow, continuous movement through various postures is not very different from what we see in yoga, in, in a continuous movement yoga. Um, the concept behind that is moving meditation. Pretty wild, huh? Yoga is moving meditation. The martial arts in the most internal form is moving meditation. The ritual that we do with the floor work is moving meditation. It's all the same. There's your connection right there. It is, it, it, there's, there's nothing different in the moving meditation. Um, one of the things I'm, I'm interested in and actively researching now is circle walking, walking the, the, the square or the oblong square as the officers, some of the officers do, the circle walking and Sufi dancing, 
walking the Bagua, which is, is a circle walking exercise for one of the uh, uh, internal martial arts that I talked about. And some of the uh, Tai Chi, depending on what the Tai Chi forms from the different schools of Tai Chi, also walk uh, a cross, walk an H pattern, and walk a circle, or and walk a square. And when you look at the different shapes that they're making, what are we talking about? We're talking about right angles, horizontals, perpendiculars, circles. I'd say we've all heard those terms before, right? So, absolutely. Yeah. So this is how this all kind of fits together. Uh, if I could bring everything into to one summation, it is we're doing moving meditation. We just don't realize it. We're doing the mindfulness exercises. We just don't recognize it. One of the things Masonic Legacy Society will do by practicing that mindfulness or it doesn't even have to be Masonic Legacy Society. I, I think they have an excellent structured approach. But by doing that meditation and doing that mindfulness, doing those exercises, we start to, to get different insight and, and maybe uh, a, a, an insight that, that connects with us more internally and uh, helps us grow. So do I think it must be or should be a part of every exercise? Well, you know, as a, as a, as a very biased individual with that, yeah, I do. Do I think that it's right for every single lodge? Eventually, not to tomorrow, but eventually, I, I think right now we probably have a good 30%, 40% of the lodges out there that are very hungry for this information, for the, for the ability to incorporate the mindfulness into, you know, what they're doing to be able to understand just even one way of, of reflecting uh, on the ritual and on what they do and, and the charity and the the uh, functions, the brotherhood, the fraternity, once we get a better way of considering and being mindful of that process, I think the world opens up to us a whole lot more. Yeah, and that, uh, I know you got to run in, in a second. Um, yeah, that recognition and realization, I think, is, is a key element. I mean, you mentioned your background in martial arts. Uh, I'm involved in, in wrestling. Uh, and I think, you know, any of, of, I suppose any sport, but really those or football, whatever it is, where if you if you get into this habit of, if you're being drilled over and over and over again, you can get into the habit of, you know, acting on autopilot. Um, you kind of forget to think about what you're doing. You're just so used to performing the action to get to the next one, the next one, um, I think in Freemasonry, the same thing can happen sometimes. If you've been to four or five, you know, six meetings in a week, you can start to zone out, you know, during an opening, during a closing. But being reminded to recognize that it is a meditation and, and to realize what it is and to be in the moment, um, I think even that is a step in the right direction to, to start with. Totally agreed. I totally agree with you. Brother, if there's anything I can do for you, you you do not hesitate to give me a call. I'm very happy to uh, work with you or, or anyone on the on the contemplative work and the, the Masonic practices here. I definitely hope, uh, you know, once we can meet again in person, uh, 
right now in Ontario lodges, our, our in-person meetings are suspended. I'd love to have you zoomed in or something to talk to the brethren about this. Um, in the meantime, something everybody can do for the, the channel is, uh, if you're watching this, hit the subscribe button, hit the like button, comment on the video, all that good stuff. And I will be leaving all the links uh, that you talked about um, in the description below. Uh, so brethren can click on those and get more information and learn more about what I think is a very important topic. And like I said, it's a great opportunity that is not being taken advantage of enough, I think. Thank you so much, uh, Brother Randy Sanders.